The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, today, Matt and I are going to be joined by a uh, return of Robbie Lawler and the return of Bo Nickel. Um, really exciting card this week. I'm trying to fix my camera because I'm a stupid ass. Um, and Robbie should be here shortly. His retirement fight against Nico Price. I'm so happy that we get a chance to uh, to him before this final fight. And Matt, before I forget, what? I would like to mention uh, and uh, your episode of the Joe Rogan Experience what? is out as of about an hour ago. Now, I don't know if you're aware of that. What? what? Yeah. How do you know that? I'm well, sure because, the people that are listening, I'm showing everybody the phone. Yes, he I'm, is. But I also think it's great that you did Rogan and, and it's now out. I do too. I did it with my buddy, Dean Thomas. If I don't know if you guys heard of him. Yes, he's I unfortunately have. Fighter. And he's got six jobs. He don't get tired. Nah, he don't get, he don't get tired. It's a rap song, Jimmy. It's a rap song. Oh, I've never heard um, of it. Yeah, it's a good song. Oh, um, allegedly. So yeah, and then I had my buddy John Rollo on there, who's the uh, Hendo Gracie Black Belt. Oh, nice. Big. He used to be a uh, bodyguard for uh, Tommy Lee. I don't know if you know, you know Tommy of Lee. Of course, from Molly Crew. Yeah, yeah. He was his bodyguard. Oh. He ground control belt, uh, uh, ground control in Baltimore. He's got like a bunch of jiu-jitsu schools out there. Very nice, large man and a good man. So oh, listen, nice. man, if anybody's got like over three hours to kill yeah. and they can't get it, just like you, Jimmy, you're like, oh, I'm mad. I have so much fun with you, but I can't get enough. Now you could get a little bit more of me, Jimmy. Well, you know how what I say. I always say this. More mad is good, Matt. More mad is good, Matt. This is my emoji. That's been, if you can't see this, Matt is putting his head between his open palms which are kind of like cupping his head, and it's an infuriating look. It's so just cute. so people know. You think it's so cute? Do you think it's cute, Jimmy? Is I would a- pinch your cheeks. If you were here, I'd give you a little pinch on both cheeks. Oh, that's because you have confidence now because you're doing jujitsu. That makes me happy, Jimmy. Me too, buddy. I love it. I love it. Today, he's happy. He had me just drilling how to drive your elbow into the uh, chest uh before the spin for a kimura yeah he was really making sure that i push that elbow in and give no room 
Yeah. And uh, the great Robbie Lawler is in the, uh, in the waiting room. So we should bring in Robbie uh, right away. He has his last fight coming up. It's crazy. Yeah. And I don't want to hear about your jujitsu adventures. I'm not cutting you off with that. No, please. I I would never give you the double thumbs up to keep going fast. And I just know that I don't want to keep him waiting. I mean, shit. Thanks for coming back on. And we were just just saying as you came in that it's is it crazy for you to believe that your debut in UFC was in 2002? Yeah, I actually never think about it. And then I was like, oh, man, like to just go back there and like, man, it's been a long road. I've been doing this for a long time. Been around this game for a while. Yes. And at what point in your career, because you have to realize that you you have like almost like an Anderson Silva like a legend status. The guys who were all fighting came up watching you and have such respect for you, and like Nico Price we had on, and just the idea of sharing this last fight with you uh, means a lot to him. At what point did you come to realize that, or have you come to realize how how other fighters see you? Um, uh, not really, because I I've never really focused on that kind of thing, and I try not to because. I can't control what people think of me. So like, I don't really focus too much on that, but it's, it's nice that I've been able to do this for so long and that other fighters, young fighters appreciate what I brought to this game. Cause that's what it's really about is inspiring other fighters to do great things and, and do their best. And uh, I watched a lot of fighters growing up who got me enthusiastic about competing and training and, and I'm just giving back in that way. And you, Robbie, you always, you always stayed like out of the dirt, out of the mud. And, and you know, this is the fight business. And sometimes, you know, people get personal, people get nasty. Nobody past opponents, guys you had wars with other teams. Hell, I got a, a beef with Matt Hughes for a long time. <laughs> we were coaching and I'd be seeing you at the pool when I was with my wife and we'd have nice conversations. That was the, you're just such a likable guy. I think that. It's something that the younger fighters could take from is that, I mean, look, look, you're going to be remembered for the, all these wars. You're a former champion and you, but you know, you really did it with class. You know? Yeah. I, I just tried to compete. I mean, I, I, I'm a martial artist and martial artists, I think at the core is showing respect for your opponents and everyone around you. And, and that's what I've always tried to bring. I'm going to compete and try to tear somebody's head off. Don't get me wrong. That's part of martial arts too, but I'm going to show them respect before and after and, and treat this sport. Like when we started, we were trying to build this sport. We weren't going out there trying to make waves and talk trash. We were trying to get this sport bigger and better so that I guess these fighters now could act like fools. So uh, <laughs> that's what we were. There was like, here's what we talk about. Here's what we do. We're actually trying to get this sport in different states and ancient here and there so we could actually make money. And But that's who I've been. I've been a martial artist first, and then UFC came along, and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I just want to ask Robbie about like his longevity. Like how, I mean, again, I mean, I broke on the scene 2001. You came on 2002. We fought not only on the same cards, we fought a few of the same guys, Pete Spratt, Chris Lytle, Almost most importantly, we both knocked out Frank Trigg. I'll hug you. (laughs) Robbie, I feel like hugging you just for that. But, uh, you know, 
So, I mean, listen, man, I can't picture me. I'm still dangerous, but I'm not getting through a guy, a camp right now. How does your body, I mean, is it things you've done as an older athlete that you're like, all right, I'm doing this now because there's no way I'm doing what I used to do when I was 20. Yeah. How did you adapt your training to be able to have your body survive all these camps? Uh, I've just been trying to take care of myself. Definitely resting, stretching, getting massages, cold tubs, saunas, doing those types of things and, and maintenance on my body. I've always lifted always. And I think lifting and having that base kept my ligaments and tendons strong. But as I got older, it was, being smart enough to realize, hey, you can't go as hard as you used to for as long as you used to. And turning off that switch, I could go hard just like I used to, but my recovery is nowhere close to what it was. So it's like, all right, keep more in the tank. Let's not do too much because you're who knows when you're going to be able to train again. So it's just like trying to find that balance. Does the cold tub help? Because we have a lot of fighters have been doing that. And do you do you find it, it, it does it help with your recovery or what does it do for you for your breathing? Yeah, it helps with my breathing, helps me relax, but definitely gets the inflammation out. I mean, there's a lot of growth factors and healing factors you get from that. Inflammation is probably the simplest one, but like you start burning ketones, which is like fats and like your body and your brain does better off of ketones if you like do the research so i do that i go hot cold hot cold too so then just so just trying to stay young and trying to stay healthy i'm going to continue to do these things after i'm done competing because i I love working out i'm never going to stop competing i'm just not going to do mma anymore but it's pressing my body testing my body and and trying to stay young and healthy you know some guys have a different way of doing that when they're done fighting, like, uh, I think Paul, Paul Felder's doing like marathons or some crazy Iron Man stuff. I don't want to disrespect it and call it a tough mutter. I don't know what the hell it is, but I know he's on a bike and he's swimming all that kind of stuff. What now, what are we doing now, Robbie? When we get done with this, I know afterwards, Oh, I had a fight and woo, but now it's going to, you're going to heal up no matter what goes down in the fight. And then there's no big, you've been spending the last 20 years in like every within six months, all right, we got this big, big match coming up. You think it's going to feel strange after six months when you're retired, thinking, all right, this, I always had this come because every fight it's its own entity, it's its own, it's its own thing. So no matter how many times you did it, you always felt that pit in your stomach for the last twenty years. You had to have that feeling of we're going to battle. What's going to happen after six months when there's no battle? What are we doing? Oh uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, hopefully, I don't bring the battle like home and like you know just <laughs> like little like ah like road cutting people off on the road. But you know, no, I'm just gonna compete. I'm actually gonna give back to the sport. Uh, coach all our uh, fighters at uh, Kill Cliff. Get them. Use my my. Just it's also- more exciting. It's just like one of those things where it's like I've done it. I've I've been there and it's like time to give back and so many people have given to me and I feel like that's what martial arts is about giving back and, and making sure life's easier for those fighters who are, who want to help. You just said something important too. I've done it. Do you think that might make the pro not easier, but like, because your, your career is complete, you're not, it's not being ended by an early injury. You're not, 
you've you've done everything you can do you've achieved all heights and it's just the natural order of things that you move forward and do something else do you think that makes it a little bit more palatable for the fact that you're not being cheated out of it you're walking away consciously and because you've actually had a complete career i i definitely think having like a complete career but even if i didn't accomplish any like these awards and these fights and these crazy fights i know that i gave my best and that's what I'm always going to people freaking when they saw me go out there and fight, I'm, I'm going out there to take somebody's head off and I'm going to give my best. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes I get tired, sometimes this, but I've always given my best. So I'm complete in, in, in this career and, and the way I went about it. And, and I'm excited to give back. What is the biggest thing you've seen change in over 20 years? Cause you've seen, you know, the UFC, not in its infancy, but, you know, 10 years in and, and to where it is now, what would you say is the biggest thing you've seen change uh, either with uh, the fighters coming up or with the organization? Oh, I mean, when I first got into the UFC, I went to the UFC offices and there was maybe five people working there. You're talking the security guard outside, Donna, Dana, Joe Silva, a lawyer, like it was small they had probably like two-story building for like five people and it was like now look how many people are working at the ufc it's a it's a huge business uh dana joe silva lorenzo and frank did a great job of building this to what it is today and this ufc is is huge mma is huge and it's awesome to be a part of it and see the growth Seeing the young fighters come up, do you do you find that so many of those guys, because they're training MMA at a much younger age as opposed to training in one art and then kind of picking up other things, what, what do you think of these young fighters and, and kind of how complete their training is from a young age? Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I would say a lot of these fighters, and I'm not going to talk to them as a well, whole, talk about fighters at our gym, and I feel like everyone's pretty good at everything but when you're pretty good at anything you you don't have that strong foundation at something like you see like Bo Nickel high level wrestler he's always going to be able to fall back on his wrestling and that's going to be something as he works on those other things so a lot of these fighters are pretty good at everything but they're not quite have that super strength at a certain art a jack and jill of all trades but not exactly a extreme master of each one yeah exactly yeah. and you and you see a lot of that and you see like little holes it's like oh i see guys grappling and i'm like man that's like basic stuff you're like you're not framing you're not doing this it's like they understand like the some couple techniques and this and that but once those things don't work everything is done so it's like creating a foundation so that when your things don't work everything doesn't crumble around you so i think guys need to specialize as much as possible in something and then fill in those holes i think everyone when once they first started in mma as far as when i started it was like okay, you're like really good at wrestling and now you're learning to strike and do jiu-jitsu or you're really good at jiu-jitsu. Now you're learning takedowns and striking. So it's like 
everyone, but they had that base, that that strong base where they they know they have this and and they feel safe there. It's a rest spot. It's a strength spot. If I put somebody there, I'm I'm good. I don't think a lot of guys have that. And and when you see it, you see it when people can't make adjustments. Yes. In their fights, it's like because I I watch UFC sometimes. I watch MMA here and there, but it's like. I don't want to watch this because these guys can't make adjustments and <laughs> it's boring to me. I'm like, okay, like this is going to be a rerun. You're like, can't make these little adjustments and, and create different scenarios. It's like, this is what I do. If it doesn't work, then I'm not going to win. So it's. I think you're the first guy I've heard say it like that. that. That's a really good point about, you, you know, somebody who's trained at one thing that is, they're so dangerous at that you really have to look out for. I don't think I've heard anybody else say it like that. And it makes perfect sense. And speaking of adjustments, could you pick somebody out that you fought or somebody you watch who you think is a good example of somebody who makes incredible adjustments? Like if somebody said, give me an example of somebody who makes adjustments that you think are, are noticeable and really impressive, who is somebody you might think? I mean, obviously Anderson Silva with the, and his footwork, and, and but that was his specialty. That I mean, this is what I do. So guys got in with him, and it was like he could do multiple things. He could hit you with kicks. He could hit you with teep kicks. He could walk you into punches. He could make you miss. But uh, it's more or less when guys can't get that takedown, and they wanted they want to be on top or they're looking for that leg lock and it's like, Oh man, like, but yeah, I mean, Anderson Silva was like one of the best as far as fighting on the inside. If, if somebody got close, like Rich Franklin got close and it got, he went to the clinch. It was like, Oh crap, this guy's freaking got knees too. I mean, his takedown defense was pretty good. It's like having that strength is huge. It's like, this is what I do. If somebody gets caught in this game, I'm winning 95% of the time. Yeah. And, and Robbie, for your last fight in the UFC, it's kind of depressing to say it is because we, <laughs> we enjoy your fight so much. It's not, listen, I'm happy that you're getting out with your brains intact. You got your chin still. This is great. It's a good thing. Yeah. You're, you're leaving. You're, you're choosing when you're leaving. I'm sure the UFC is not like, all right, Robbie, it's time. You look great. So what was I getting at? Oh yeah. So for your last guy in there to share the care with the share the cage with i think it's great that we got nico price because he's a madman you know you're getting a guy that's not just going to try to play it safe and he's a respectful kid and he's going to try to throw everything at you he's never in a boring fight so when you knew that your last fight's nico did that kind of put a smile on your face or what uh, no, because I don't really care. It's like, all right, like I'm gonna focus on myself and like try to get myself in tip top. If if I feel good in that fight and walking out to that cage and somebody's in trouble, it's just that's what I focus on. I mean, he comes to fight. I think UFC does a good job of of putting matchups that are gonna be exciting for the fans. And but for me, I'm just going out there to throw down and go out. Whoever they give you, it was fighting hard. Exactly. Have you have you thought of the emotion of what it's going to be like when it's done, or are you taking this one step at a time, or have you allowed yourself to kind of walk through what it might feel like when when that moment is done? Uh, when I look at it, I'm just grateful for the the opportunity to compete for this long. I mean, I've been a kid like 
since 2002. And I mean, I got to just continue to play a game or a, a fight, compete, a sport, mm-hmm. being able to do this for so long and, and just the people I've met, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to fight on the biggest stage in the world and, and be a part of a, a growing sport for so many years. Well, Robbie, look, I mean, it's uh, thank you so much for coming on today and have a great fight on Saturday. And uh, thanks for such an amazing career and so many great fights. And, and uh, you know, you're a legend and you're a Hall of Famer. And uh, just, you know, thanks for all the years of, of, of such great competing. And uh, we really we love watching you. And, and thank you, man. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Have a great fight, buddy. And we'll talk to you again. OK, yes. Robbie. thank you very much. Thank all you. All the best, buddy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Um, and Matt, isn't that an amazing attitude? He says, ah, you know, whoever they put it, like he just cares about himself and being ready. What? Are, he's just a savage. He's a fucking. He, man. Nah, he doesn't care who it is. It could have no, been anybody. He, he really doesn't. Like, you- put a smile. He's like, ah, not really. Anybody that <laughs> he doesn't give. He's shit. laughing at the question. He's like, ah, I'm like, like, all right. Well, listen, Nico. Nico is listen for us. Oh, Nico's people, great. For the people listening, Robbie might not give a shit who he has, but for us, as you, fans, that guy's not. Yeah, yeah. Thank you to Robbie Lawler, obviously, uh, you know, a fan favorite and, and always a great guest. He's such a nice guy. We have Bo Nickel coming, so please let me know when he is in the room. Matt, you want to take a look at the card real quick? I, I mean, there's so many, so many good fights. Let's start with Volkanovski versus Rodriguez. Maybe um, let me do yes, that. Um, I heard that something happened with Bo Nickel's opponent. What happened with that? Uh, yes, he has. Uh, he he dropped out um and uh gore and he dropped out and he has uh val woodburn who i think is making his ufc debut he's seven and oh um he's a guy who also doesn't like to see anything but a first or second round all his last two fights have been decisions but Bo is uh four and oh and he's seven oh so it's two undefeated fighters and i don't know much about val woodburn um but i do know that that's always a dangerous thing when you just a guy just gets kind of oh hey it's your turn and you're gonna fight Bo all of a sudden unexpected sometimes a guy has nothing to lose and we've talked about that so um yeah he fought on the floor thank you uh Jake he fought on the Florida regional scene and I guess he's being called up uh and again Bo does not like to leave the first round so uh, I, I don't know what Val's takedown defense is like or how prepared he is for a guy who's as savage on the ground as as Bo but uh it'll be interesting to see yeah, I mean, Bo's, Bo looks comfortable standing also. He does, yeah. 
So I've never seen him stand for long, though. I mean, he literally seems to. He's interesting because he starts to faint. Uh, take. I want to say it was against. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was against Bickett, uh, Pickett or Beard, but he was fainting almost takedowns from ten feet away. Like he's just trying to see. So you know that that's his ultimate goal is that he wants to take down immediately. I haven't seen him stand for that long period of time. Yeah, he's got. He makes you respect the standing. He comes in throwing. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you, what happened to uh, Gore? What happened to the guy? Uh, I don't know exactly why he dropped out. Uh, uh, Trey Sean Gore, um, and it's an undisclosed injury. Thank you, Jake. All right, so hopefully Bo will be here uh, soon. But I wonder if he, I'm sure in his career he's had opponents change uh, last minute before. But I don't think in, in UFC he has. So you wonder if that has any effect on him. Or is he like Robbie and he just doesn't care? Well, I'll tell you what I do care about. The card this weekend. Bang, bang. Yes. Let's talk about it. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus yeah. uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, I can't root against someone basically, you know, in that under 5'7 category. Uh, short, stocky, bald, powerful. Uh, I am not describing me. I am describing Volkanovski. Well, I'm kind of describing both of us. But it's not about me yep. being on the JRE ep- uh, uh, podcast. Which was out today, by the way, as of about 90 minutes ago. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> um, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. This is the thing. Yair is pretty elusive. He's pretty funky. Uh, very funky. But I feel I feel that Volkanovsky will not be denied. I just think that he is beyond a complete fighter. He's just well-rounded. He survived Ortega's submission attempts even when they were in deep. He fought um yeah he did everybody he i mean look at who he's fought from max holloway to uh Zotin, to, yeah exactly exactly and went uh, to decision uh, it was a great fight i mean a really a close fight. fight so everything from submission defense to his stand-up being solid uh, be, be, uh i'm i'm saying volkanowski's never looked better uh, volkanowski by decision um let me see does I don't know if it goes to decision. Yair is, again, like you said, he's great range and he's good at staying out of trouble. But Volkanovski is such a little tank. I think uh, Volkanovski finds a way to stop him, and I think it goes into the third round. I think he stops him in the third round. Jimmy? Yes, sir. I just Kimura, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. I put his arm behind his back. I held it there until it snapped. Jimmy, yes. the match has just begun. Okay. Uh, sorry, but I'm back, Jimmy. Can I just tell you that Brandon Marino is fighting uh, Alexandre Pantajo? Yes, Pantajo. He is. I am saying, well, actually, let's let you get in on this. What do you think about this? I mean, he has, um, he beat him in exhibition um, and uh, he beat him in 2018. Wow. He's got some good subs on some very good people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm like, wait a second. This is very interesting. Yes, it is. But Brandon Marino, you know, 
he's more than just a fucking you know fancy you know um uh fancy fighter that likes to fucking play with legos he is uh a problem solver and you know he went with high level jiu-jitsu guys like figueredo before and survived some deep deep attempts yeah this is gonna be great i'm gonna say though experience will be the factor fourth round stoppage brandon marino i'm gonna say by uh i like tko i think he's gonna end up getting on top and doing some damage it's exciting man this is gonna be a nail biter though i mean look at his, look at his last couple of fights versus alex perez and a guy like who i held me all hold in high respect is brandon uh roy Royval, yeah yeah uh, two subs right there Subbed them both yeah i don't know i mean uh you know again it's after seeing uh how good moreno has looked it's kind of hard to pick anybody over him even though there is a history with these guys but again do i see anybody beating him for a third time in a row no, but I didn't see that with Izzy. Um, and Pajeda wound, uh, wound up winning. Or no, I actually did pick Pajeda the first time. I'm going to take Marino. I think he winds up... Uh, I think he stops him in the fourth round. I don't think it goes to decision. Jimmy! You, you are, my friend. When are you going to come visit me, by the way? Wait, you said fourth round? I'm thinking fourth round, yeah. I'm going to give a fourth round. To who? Brandon Marino? Marino, yeah. Wow, sounds like a familiar pick. Well, didn't you pick decision? No, I said fourth round stoppage. No, you said, did you really? Um, hmm. I did, I thought you said decision. Can you check that, Jake? For some reason, I think Matt said decision. Maybe I'm an idiot. I didn't say this. He said fourth round stoppage. Apologies. I'm going to take, I'll, I will go against you. I will say Moreno by decision. All right, you said Volkanovsky by decision. I'm going to take uh, Moreno by decision, Matt. Well, you don't have to. You know, you could stick to your pick. It's no, a- I like it when we have different picks, even though we're picking the same guy. What do you think, Whitaker against Duplessis? Uh, well, listen, man. Uh, Drake is. I'm gonna. I think he's a badass. Obviously, he's looking great. But man, there's levels to this shit. There's levels to this shit. Uh, Robin Whitaker has such a fucking. He's got such a really um, his fight IQ is is off the charts. He yep. knows how to get it done. I was so impressed, even though he lost to Izzy. I was impressed how he um, how he showed up in that fight, and I love what he said last time. I love I love what he said that in the first fight Izzy took my confidence, and the second fight I took it back. That just yep. gave me, that gave me chills. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, and this is going to almost sound like similar to what I just said, but I'm going to say it is. It's going to sound exactly like I just said. Fourth round stoppage, Robert Whitaker. They're only going three rounds, I think. Third round stoppage, Robert, Robert Whitaker. Are they only going four rounds? Three rounds. I'm thinking it's a regular. It's, it's the it's the it's the it's the featured uh, fight. It's not the it's not the co-main. It's not a championship fight. It's not the main. I fucked up. Yeah. All right, in that case, Robert Whitaker decision. Sorry, I'm so used to Robert Whittaker doing five rounds. I say Duplessis takes a second round stoppage. And we also have our next guest, Bo Nickel. I'm going to take, that's right, Duplessis um, in the uh, second round stoppage. Uh, Bo Nickel is in the waiting room. So let's get Bo Nickel back on here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. 
it probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Oh, Bo, thank goodness we hear that. He sounds like such a nice guy. Hey, Bo, you trying to, they're trying to get get the audio going and you're staring us down. For an instant, I felt like we were Val Woodburn. You were looking at us like, oh, Jimmy, this is kind of scary. What fucking Bo. Look, and now he talks, it's all nice. Bo, I have a question right away and it's kind of a personal question. Okay. My, my wife's doing a lot of jujitsu lately. She's getting the cauliflower ear. It's big. She doesn't want to, she's not crazy about getting a needle in. Is the clock ticking on how soon that hardens or should you have to get a needle in that thing right away? Yeah, the clock's ticking. Yeah, you got to get it going. Yeah, that's... Uh, all right, I'll yell to her later. I don't want to be... Yeah, but yeah I yeah. got to get... All right, she's got to get moving on that. Jimmy, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind my wife having ears like Bo Nickel. It doesn't matter right. to me, you know, but, to, you know, for her own, she might, she might not, you know... That's but, a deterrent. People don't fuck with anybody who has cauliflower ear because we've come to realize that means they fight. Years ago, people didn't know what it was. But now in the last 10 years, people know that means that's somebody you don't fuck around with. Um, and Bo, how are you feeling with the last minute? When did you find out that Gore was not fighting and Woodburn was your opponent? So I found out, um, I think Monday night, I was working out oh, and, uh, you know, just in the middle of my workout, my manager called me and said he pulled out. And uh, yeah, so, you know, initially I, I didn't really know what the plan was. I didn't know if we were going to get a new opponent or what the situation was. And so, um, you know, we were working on it through the night. And then the next morning I, I got a new, a new bad agreement sent to me and uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. So, you know, I'm here to compete and I'm excited. Um, it's something that uh, is definitely um, unfortunate, you know, but for me with wrestling, I don't, most time when I'm wrestling, I don't even know who I'm wrestling second round an hour later, you know? So, this isn't really that new to me. It's uh, just, you know, like old times for real. That's the thing about the, the wrestlers, Jimmy, is that they're so used to competing and how many times in a tournament. And it's almost like, you know, whoever it is, they're so used to getting these tough bastards, how many in one day. And it's kind of funny, Bo, because we were just talking to the great Robbie Lawler, whose last fight is going to be on the same card as yours. And um, we were talking about the current state of MMA fighters. And it's funny, his take on it, because I, I somewhat agree with this. He was saying that the kids coming up nowadays, although well-rounded, it's almost like a Jack and Jill of all trades, but not really a, a master of, of one. And then we look now, ironically, we have you on. You are a master at one. I mean, you he's exactly what we're talking about. He's saying yep. the guys don't have that one card they can pull where, all right, their level's above on this. And now and they're, they're dangerous here, but... They got that that card. How do you feel about that statement? Because you that's basically summing up a guy like yourself. Now, I think that's super accurate. You know, I think that a lot of obviously MMA is growing so much as a sport and people are starting to get into it at a younger age. And, uh, you know, 
start doing all different disciplines at, you know, when they're, when they're young, you're you know, a teenager. And then by the time they're 18, they're like ready to fight pro. But I, I, I do think that there's, there's a lot to say about somebody that masters one specific discipline, whether that be striking, whether that be wrestling, whether that be jujitsu and just has something that nobody in, in MMA can really compete with. And so, you know, for me, I, I feel like I have that with wrestling and I feel like it's a huge advantage. And, um, you know, I kind of see it as trends, right? Like when we, we first started uh, MMA as a sport, the jujitsu guys kind of were, were dominating, were taking, were su submitting guys and stuff. And then you had a real strong era of wrestlers where, you know, it was wrestlers winning pretty much every, every fight, every, divi every division, every champion was a wrestler. And then you got into a position where it was more well-rounded guys. Like I feel like the last five or 10 years has been, most of the guys that are, are, are winning at a high level are super well-rounded, uh, versatile in every area. And I, I do believe that the next trend is going to be specialists coming in, high-level guys like myself and, you know, other guys that have, you know, really, really one dominant um, trait that can kind of figure out a way to, you know, level up all their other stuff and, and bring their um, other disciplines up to a, a really competitive level. And I think that's, what's going to, you know, start to dominate the sport just because MMA is getting so big. It being well, being, just being well-rounded, isn't going to be good enough anymore. You're going to have to be able to dominate in one position and uh, then all of your other skills have to match up. So that's kind of where I see myself. Yeah. And you, do you know anything about Woodburn? Um, because again, he's a guy like yourself, you don't seem to enjoy anything past the first round. And, and he's a guy who's gotten a lot of fights and quickly uh, TKOs. His last two have been decisions. Um, so I imagine if he has any plan at all, it's going to be to try to take you out of the first round if he thinks that will help him. Uh, what do you know about him as a fighter? Have you watched a lot of tape on him? Yeah, I've watched all his film already. So I feel uh, well prepared for what he's going to bring to the table. I think that you know, he's obviously had a lot of finishes. He has a big right hand. Um, you know, I don't think his cardio is the best, you know, especially considering he's coming in on short notice. So for me, um, I'm not looking to rush into anything. I think, yeah, like you said, his best chance is to try to get me out of there quick. So he's probably going to come in uh, crazy and wild right away to try to get me out of there. But, you know, that's why I train fundamentals. That's why I have a good foundation, a good base. I'm able to move my feet, move move forward and backward, move laterally any direction. And, and, um, you know, I'm competent in all those areas. So I feel well prepared for, you know, this fight. And even though it's a, it's a last minute replacement. Well, there are two, op like you, you gave the option, which is that he, he might come out with a tremendous amount because he hasn't had a, a camp for as far as we know and try to end it early. So he has, he, you know, his gas tank doesn't empty. Or my thought was, does he try to take you into a second and third round considering your fights have all been ending and then see what your gas tank is going to be like? But if you think his cardio is not what yours is, you're probably right. He's probably going to try to end it in the first round. Yeah, for sure. You know, my gas tank is great. You know, I haven't been able to showcase that. Um, of course, because I've been getting a lot of quick finishes, but, uh, there's no way anybody in the world is going to get me tired in a 15 minute fight. I think that I'm always going to be fresher than my opponent, um, as the fight continues on. And that just goes, that's just from 20 plus years of wrestling training and, uh, really, you know, training at a high level since I was probably 12, you know, um, where I'm doing all the extra stuff, really training like a professional in, uh, at a young age. And, you know, that, that stayed with me through my MMA career. And I feel like that's a big uh, advantage that I'll have that I haven't really been able to showcase. Hey, Bo, on a rest day, 
No hikes included, nothing, no active rest. What's a hobby you like or a book you're reading, a Netflix show you're streaming? Give us something to know about you, Bo. We know you're a badass. Look at those ears. Let us know something else about <laughs> the other side of Bo Nichols. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we, we, we talked about this a little last time, I think, but I'm super into archery hunting. So I, I'm always shooting my bow. I enjoy uh, just like being out in nature, fishing, um, you know, hunting, fishing, uh, just shooting my bow, like I was saying. Um, being, being, being outside is always nice for me, especially I'm in, uh, in Pennsylvania. So six months out of the year, it's pretty crappy. So nowadays, like, you know, July, August, September, I, I spend as much time outside as I can. But um, yeah, you know, just doing anything with my friends. Uh, we, I'm at an Airbnb right now, and uh, we got like a, a pickleball court over there. Oh, so, yeah. So we've been playing, playing some pickleball. I, it's my first time playing, but it's super fun. I think I might pick that up. But I just like doing anything active, right? Like anything I can, I can move around and play a game or s- stuff like that. Hey, you, it's funny. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I just, I just did that the Joe Rogan experience, right? So he's giving me the tour of his. It's almost like a huge, the best, biggest man cave you ever seen in your life. Yeah. He goes, hey, look, he opens up this one door. He, he goes, yeah, this is where I practice to kill things. It's where he practices his bow. Uh, he's shooting his bow. It's this long-ass hallway. There's some rubber animals there. I go, oh, you must love that. If you have a visit there, Bo, go in that room. I know, that yeah. I would, I would love to. I, we have a lot of common interests, obviously, MMA and, and hunting and archery. So, yeah, I mean, that that's for me. Um, my goal eventually is to have a whole setup like that as well. So, yeah, it's it's super fun. Man, I'm glad you mentioned Joe because the question I was going to ask was about Rogan because he was doing something with his bow in some Instagram video where he's firing it through paper and he's doing something about like trying to see if the holes are getting smaller. What is the purpose of that? Yes, yeah, so that's just paper tuning. So basically paper what tuning. you have in uh, you, you have your arrow, right, and your fletchings. So the fletchings are on the back of the arrow. They're the little like plastic parts. They look like uh, like almost feathers. So when you shoot your bow um, through the paper – you get an imprint of how the fletchings go through the paper. So if they're, if they're straight, right, depending on how many fletchings you have, if, they're, if the lines are straight, then you know that your bow is, is shooting straight. But if it's, if it's um, I guess, swayed off to one side, like if it's a little, leans a little to the right, if it leans a little to the left, you have to adjust your strings and um, adjust it so that it's going gonna, it's gonna to shoot straight so your arrow is going to fly straight. Jimmy want to also know if he wasn't like say if you're not too strong and you have a hard time pulling that string back like not I mean Jim I'll ask for you if you have a hard Thank time you, doing that what do you do Bo I mean for the for the weaker gentleman not Jimmy we're asking for a friend I'm asking for a weaker friend yeah I got you yeah so comp with compound bows um you you change the limbs out so the limbs which are are the the top and bottom part they adjust the the poundage of their draw your draw weight so you can have it at you know, 30 pounds, which is extremely light, or, you know, I shoot like 83. So that that's going to feel heavy. And so basically with a compound bow, you're, you're pulling back whatever it is, X amount of pounds that can be adjusted. And then it whole, it, it, you have a let off. So it's a, usually like 80 to 90% let off. So if you're pulling, drawing back 80 pounds, you're going to hold that full draw. You're going to hold back around eight to 12 pounds versus if you um, are pulling back 30 pounds, you're going to be holding about, you know, three to six pounds. So that, uh, that's kind of how it gets adjusted. And yeah. Now, obviously you, when you start at, now you didn't start at that. You start obviously lighter and build up to that kind of strength or not even, you're just a strong girl to start. at. I think, yeah, if you're, if you're like a kid and you, you start pulling a bow back, you're going to, you know, be pulling, yeah, like 30, 40 pounds, you're not going to be pulling very much. But for me, I started like two years ago 
And uh, so I was starting at like 70, 75 pound draw weight. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, typically like, I mean, you can kill stuff with 50 pounds. You can kill stuff with light, light draws. It's just, it's more about where you put it. But for me, if, if I can draw something back comfortably, I'm going to draw back as much weight as I can. So my uh, FOC is the highest. So like my force that on contact is the highest because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to hurt you to have a, your arrow flying at the animal faster. Okay. Just how's, your, how's your aim? Do you have good aim? I mean, if you consider all of archery, like all, all there, there's competitive bow shooters that shoot what's called in, in archery, like 300 rounds. So they're shooting like, I don't even know, it would be like 30 bullseyes in a row and, and at like, you know, significantly for 60 meters or, or, or farther. And for me, you know, I'm not really there yet at all. Uh, I've only been practicing a few years, but I'm getting better. I, uh, I had an archery kill on a whitetail deer um, in West Virginia last fall, which was pretty sweet. And then this fall, I got hunts planned in, um, in Colorado and New Mexico, Montana for elk. And then uh, I'll do a few more hunts. And then next summer is what I'm really training for, what I'm really excited for. I'm going grizzly bear hunting in Alaska, and I'm going to do that with my, with my bow as well. So I'm really, really oh, trained whoa. for that. Wait, grizzly bear? Oh, That's yeah. Not, we're not talking black bear. No. no grizzly bear with a bow. Yeah, the real deal. Yeah, you got to stalk them, get up, you know, 15, 20 yards away and put an arrow in them. So that's now, what I'm training for. Just in case it doesn't work, what do we have on next to us? Do we have a fucking, on your hip, do you have a fucking bazooka? No, I'm like, do you have like a, do you have like a bear side? repellent? Do you, have to, do you have any bear repellent? <laughs> what do you have? Like a, sounds like something. So the way, like so the way it works in, uh, yeah. So the way it works in Alaska, if you're, if you're going to hunt grizzly, you have to hunt with a guide. So you're not allowed to like just go out and hunt by yourself. Um, so generally the guides carry rifles and stuff. And, um, so they're prepared and it happens, you know, once in a while where a bear will rush you or charge you after you've shot him or something. Um, and so, you know, you have to hit the deck and your guide's got to be ready, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the fun of it for me. That's, that's exciting. Me versus me versus a grizzly bear. Let's see who wins. I mean, well, Jimmy, Jimmy, it doesn't get more manly than that. The guy's it does not, I'm no. asking what he does in his in his off time and he's not fighting in the cage and he's hunting grizzly bears. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that's a Bo, that's fucking insane. Can I just say this? It's fucking insane what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought Cowboy was insane. What are we talking about here? Well, he is yeah. too. What is that movie think- with Brad Pitt when he's the last of the, not the last of the Mohegans. What's the one, the, the fucking, it, it's, it's a great. Thelma movie. and Louise. <laughs> <laughs> But Legends of the Fall. Oh. Legends of the Did you ever see Legends of the Fall? Yeah. Jimmy, could you rent that? It's a little bit of a love story, but it's a little I don't but, remember it. I think I've seen it, but I don't remember it. I, I don't want to give away the ending, but that's something right. like Grizzly Bear. And I can see it many, many moons from now. It could be like the it could be like the ending of Bo's story. If it's gun jams or something. The guy's got a <laughs> knife. You ever, remember the ending of that movie, Bo? Oh it's, man. Well, it's fucking crazy. But hey, anyway, that's crazy, Bo, and I'm I'm glad we found that out about you. That's fucking insane. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I like talking about that stuff. You know, it's it's fun for me to talk about fighting and wrestling, but yeah. hunting and stuff is even more. You know, it's newer to me, so I'm learning a lot, and I'm really excited about it. So it's it's almost more fun to talk about that because I don't get to talk about it a lot. Well, Bo, look, I mean, uh, obviously you're having a great career so far. Have a great, great fight on 
Saturday. Um, and I know we'll talk to you again after, but uh, you know, you seem like you're in a great place mentally and you're ready for whoever they put in front of you. So have a great fight, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. And no I'm, doubt. Thank you guys. And Bo, really quick. I'm just, can I recommend that you, you do a background check on your guy, make sure he's not hitting the sauce or anything. I mean, listen, that guy's looking the other way when you're shooting your fucking arrow. Anyway, listen, Bo, all our best, dude. Yeah, good luck on Saturday, Bo. Have a good fight. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Take care. Now, Matt, I also, before we go, I wanted to uh, say, now, Jake, uh, let's see. uh, What? Is this, now, Jake, two things. uh, Who would you guys rather hang out with? Beavis and Butthead or the cast from King of the Hill explain why. Now, is this Robbie? Oh, Robbie Glover's asking that. I, I, I don't have my glasses on. I thought that said Robbie Lawler. I'm like, why the fuck would Robbie Lawler ask that? So this is a fan question, Matt. And let me get the right name here. This is know. from Rob at Robbie Glover on Instagram. Oh, we'd rather hang out with Beavis and Butthead or the cast of King of the Hill. Very, very easy. I'm going to say Beavis and Butthead uh because those guys have basically a very juvenile and shit way of looking at the world and i relate a lot more to them than the king of the hill people i would definitely hang out with beavis and butthead because i think there are a couple of you know what heads and i think they'd be like oh oh, jimmy you're a dumbass because you don't do it but then they would be judging you i don't judge you and uh but i would like to hang out with beavis and butthead and i'm a huge huge mike judge fan yeah for me for my money, it doesn't get any better. No, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Uh, Michael Bolton. But no, I love Office Space. I love Idiocracy. I feel like we might be living it now, but that's another movie that if you guys don't, if you've never seen Idiocracy, put that on your, um, you know, to-do list. Now, Matt, we have uh, Mark Woods, which is uh, at Mark Woods underscore 94 on Instagram. Matt, if you could have one current fighter move to your gym, who would it be? Oh, a current fighter moved to my gym. Yep. I don't want anybody. I listen to me. I got enough people. I don't look for, I don't like, maybe just to hang out with something like that. I don't know. I I don't know. With that question, I don't really, you know, I don't really, I'm not looking. What's the different thing? The difference between myself and Longo and all fight team and a lot of the fight teams is we're not looking to like bring in outside people. We don't really care. We do the best with the local kids. And once in a while, we'll get a Marab's get in there somehow. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if I could have any uh, fighter visit, it would be, um, you know, I can't think of anybody. So, I'm going to say Volkanovsky. Oh, I'd like that. You know sure. what? Or is he? He's already got the belt. It'd be fun. Man, I don't go to clubs anymore, but that'd be the guy I'd step out with because we'd be the same size and we'd be like in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Weidman? Well, Weidman's my guy. Jake, the producer, jumps in. What yeah. About yeah, I'd like Weidman just to come back because he's away. Thank you, Jake. By the way, Jake sent a quote, and I was not going to read it I, during the... Yes, no, no, no. I was going to say, Jake, if I was in front of you, I would step on your computer. He wrote, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once 
But I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times, Dash, Bruce Lee. Now, that's from Bruce Lee. It is from the Bruce Lee. That, the fact that Jay quoted that and, and wanted us to quote it made me. To I want to hold him down and I want to just get his face 10,000 times and be like, yes. Like, just smack him. Like, <laughs> yeah. You silly yeah. ginger. Cut the shit with that. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, if you, if you were my car, Jake, I would, I would practice farting 10,000 times and keep the window locked. <laughs> it did have to do with the conversation, Jake. Of course it did. We're, we're being mean. You're yes. Jake's great producer. You are good. It was because we asked, because Matt, you had mentioned to Bo Nickel what Robbie Lawler had said yes, about, did. and by the way, my favorite thing is that you you messed up the quote twice, and I was not going to correct you. Who it did? is not a, a Jack and Jill of all trades. It's a Jack of all trades, master of none. No, to, way, first of all, the reason why I said a oh, Jack and Jill of all trades, because today it makes me Oh, sure guy and girl. Okay. I was being PC um, inclusive. I was being inclusive. Okay. You, you, you little bird. Oh, what's the matter? There's no Jill's convenience. Of course, it's a jack of all trade, master of none. I know the goddamn quote. I'm just trying to say for yeah. all the, uh, you know, the fucking, I'm just thinking of any fucking. No, Jillian you're right. I see. out there. I'm trying to make Jillian Robinson feel a part of this. A hundred percent. You're correct. I Baby thought you Stark, messed it up. I'm trying to get her, you know, and all these girls. Well, then you could have uh, said, I, I like a Jill with the genitals of Jack of all trades. I would, all that's right. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I was afraid you'd get excited. Listen, yeah, no, you're, you're correct. I, I thought you fucked up, but I was wrong. Not only did I not fuck up, I did the opposite of fucking up. You're right. You, you were consciously uh be inclusive yes yes jimmy uh jimmy listen to me you're such a good friend of mine and if yeah. you want to hear what i think about you you listen to that new joe rogan experience with myself john rollo and dean thomas and yes it's available now on spotify and if you're in this city come tonight to the uh, fat black pussycat it's been selling out every wednesday and also i'm going to be in joe's club all the shows are sold out except for the show we added sunday night at nine there's about 30 seats left so come see me uh, july 16th at the common mothership august 12th i'll be around uh, near jackson wink i'm going to be in uh albuquerque new mexico doing one show it's a benefit show if you're around at august 12th and matt i will talk to you soon buddy thanks jake and thanks to uh bo nickel and the great robbie lawler well, you go there. I don't know about Jackson Wink, but it'll be Jackson and Blink. God damn it. You can use God that man. in your upcoming Jackson and Blink. Anyway, Jim, you freak a lot. Uh, guys, hi, guys. I flew here from Long Island. Boy. Anyway, Jimmy, I miss you all. Jimmy, Me can too. Erase, can we erase that joke I did? No, 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 no. No, because no, it's, it's, no, you, you didn't even acknowledge it at all. You're, well, you're, well, I didn't hear what you said. My audio cut out. What'd you say? Hold on. We won't. Oh, <laughs> Matt is laughing. Now, the, the fights. You're right, Jake. It is my. I should plug the fights. I'm an idiot. UFC, uh, UFC 290. Uh, this Saturday, July the 8th from Vegas. Now, the early prelims, you geese, 6 o'clock p.m. on ESPN Plus or Fight Pass. The regular prelims start 8 p.m. Now, these are going to be on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Plus. Great exposure. That final Robbie Lawler fight against Nico Price is going to be on ABC. That makes me very fucking happy. And the main card, the pay-per-view on ESPN Plus is a 10 p.m. What an amazing card. Volkanovski, uh, Yair Rodriguez, Colmain of Moreno, Pantoja, Whitaker, uh, Duplessis, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker, Bo Nickel against Val Woodburn is an incredible card. So, Matt, I'll talk to you soon, buddy, and uh, thank you to our guest today.
I miss you already. Goodbye, Me everyone. Too. And listen to Matt on Joe Rogan. See you, buddy. Yes! Do that right now. Goodbye. Yeah, This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring. Full throttle is half the fun. Where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.